Oh, you can do better than that. Good morning, everyone. Outstanding. Good to be together. So thrilled that our children get to join in with us this morning. And there are some people who have been chosen from both this room and S2 next door, where there's all sorts of creative wonderfulness going on, who are right now getting ready to help me share a little story, which we are going to learn from today, all right? But last year in the summer period, when we all got together as a big family like this, what we decided to do was we were going to talk about the fruits of the Spirit. Okay. Now these, if you like, are like the family traits. Okay. These are the sorts of things that we will look for in Christians, those who follow Jesus. You guys can do it a little bit quieter if you like. <laughs> now listen, what we find though, obviously, with fruit is that sometimes fruit is born very quickly. And so I know that when I gave my life to Jesus and wanted to start following him right in my mid-twenties, certain things changed, boom, overnight. It was literally like the night and day, something had shifted. And so I was the sort of person who would speak really badly at times. And uh, my language was terrible. Some would call it potty talk. But I know that there was a moment when I gave my life to Jesus and it shifted. It just changed. There are other things which are still growing and which God is still working on in me. But you know what? I figure sometimes if you were going to go and plant an apple tree out in your garden, the likelihood is if you were to plant it and you went out the next day, you wouldn't necessarily see fully formed apples on that tree, right? Sometimes things take time. Sometimes we need to cultivate them. Sometimes we need to allow them to grow and to understand them better. And that's what God's going to do through this series. If you like, what we're going to do is we're going to stand in manure for a month and see what the Lord wants to do, okay? This is what we're going to do. We're going to actively think about the fruits of the Spirit and allow them to grow in our lives. Now, the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians talks about the number of different things. It says this, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, okay? Who doesn't want more of those things, by the way? An amazing list of things. Now, I was thinking to myself, though, who would be the person who is going to most help us to understand some of these things? If you like, who lives these things out the most? And let me give you a little tip. It is not Captain America, all right? So, pop quiz, easiest answer you're ever going to have. Who's the person? Oh, my word. Listen, on a morning like this, we're going to have to put a little bit of effort. Let's have this block right now. Who is it? Jesus. Very good. You guys can do better. This block over the side. Who is it? Jesus. Very good. Middle block. Let's have the most. Who is it? Jesus. Excellent. All right. S2, you're going to have to work really hard. Who is it? <laughs> I reckon those guys probably got, the, probably got the prize. All right. Every woman across this building. Who is it? Jesus. Every guy across this building. Who is it? who's a child, I don't know, 11 and under. Who is it? Jesus. You are all down here right now, aren't you? Brilliant. Listen, it's Jesus. This is who we're going to be talking about. This is who is going to teach us somewhat right now, all right? He's the one that we want to be like. He's the one that we want to learn from. And so we're going to look at a little story that he told. And the context of which is that someone came up trying to trap him and to ask him, how do we live the best life? How do we even get an eternal life? And he decided that he was going to tell this particular story. Now, I have got eight actors right here. I'm going to ask for a minute that you would all stand up. And uh, I'm gonna, you're going to have to listen super carefully, okay? Because as I speak your name, you are going to have to bring this story to life. Can you do that for me? 
I think you can do it for me. I think you've got the ability to listen to what I say and then act out perfectly so that everyone can see as if they were there what Jesus meant by this incredible story. Now, what I must say in advance, though, folks, is that this is an incredibly famous story about a guy who really did demonstrate goodness, which is the characteristic of the fruit of the Spirit that we're going to be speaking about today, okay? And so many people, though, will know this story, and you need to allow God right now to make it new for you, and you need to allow him to speak afresh to you. Are you okay with that? Yeah. You okay with that, S2? Yeah. Very good. All right, here we go. All right, first of all, we need our man. All right, so everyone, your, uh, your badge. This is the man. All right, very good. Oh, outstanding. Okay, so I'm going to read. You're going to listen. You've got to act. Are we ready? Here we go. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked. You guys can play along with some noises as well, you know. You don't have to leave these guys. When he was attacked by some robbers. Here we go. Yeah, he was attacked by some robbers. All right. They stripped him of his clothes. Now, just to say to the adults, we're going to stop there. This is no longer the Love Matters series, all right? They stripped him of his clothes. They beat him. And went away. Well done. All right, leaving him half dead. Just, just half dead, not completely dead, half dead. Very good, yep, 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 all right. Now, there was a priest. Where's that priest? And the priest, well done, come on now, priest. The priest happened to be walking by at the same time on the same road. And when he saw the man... You saw them very good, very good. Yes, we saw the man. But he passed on by. So too a Levite. Where's our Levite? Hey. Now, when he came to the place and he saw him, he passed on by the other side as well. But... Then there was a Samaritan. Now, we need to understand for the context for a moment that as the Samaritan came walking by, the Samaritan is from a very different culture, a culture, in fact, which was despised by the people in this particular region. But as the Samaritan traveled, he came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. is a very good representation of pity, by the way. We like that. He went to him and he bandaged his wounds. Very good. Half dead man, help him a little. Very good. That's it. Straight around his face. Yeah, very good. All right, right, right. So he bandaged him, bandaged his wounds, and then he began pouring on oil and wine. Very good. Medicinal, spiritual, all around, we like that. And then he put the man on his donkey. Do we have a donkey? Hooray! All right, this is going to be interesting. You've got to put the half-dead man on the donkey. Donkey, down you get. Half-dead man, on he gets. Ah, oh, yeah, there we go. 
All right, all right. Don't go too far. This is a stage. I don't want anyone falling. All right. So he put the half-dead man on the donkey, and he brought him to an inn. Do we have an innkeeper? Wonderful. Come on, innkeeper. All right, so you need to take, take your half-dead man on your donkey over to the innkeeper. Excellent. Well done. Aren't these guys doing great? And the innkeeper took care of him. Now, the next day, he took out two denarii. Have you got some money? Here we go. Come on now. Here he goes. And he took out the money and he gave it to the innkeeper and he said to him, look after him. Look after him. No, no, you're supposed to be silent. You've got to pretend. <laughs> look, <laughs> look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for the extra expense you may have. Brilliant. <laughs> Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? And the expert in the law who Jesus was talking to replied, the one who had mercy on him, and Jesus told him, go and do likewise. And why don't we give a huge hand to these people who have helped me to tell the story. do likewise. Turn to the person next to you, look them in the eye and say, go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. S2, I hoped you turned to someone and told them that as well. Listen, stories in the Bible like this can teach us how Jesus called us to live. And so what we're going to do is very quickly just pull three things out of this story. This is Jesus telling us how to live and how to love people well. You know, every single day when I drop off my kids at school, when I drop them off at preschool, I'll say to them, guys, what's your mission today? And they always repeat back to me, my mission today is to love God and to love people. If you were to boil down the whole of your Christian walk, do those two things well. Love God, love people. This is what this passage gets us to talk about. Now, I know that people in this church love others incredibly well. You know, one of the reasons I know that is because last year, around about this time, I started something in this church and I'm going to give people this nudge to say, why don't we all try and do acts of kindness which are going to transform Bedford? And I told people that why don't they give away a coin alongside it? It was called the Tsunami of Love coin. And what happened was that we had literally hundreds and hundreds of people who just started demonstrating God's kindness to other people in practical, serving, wonderful, generous ways. And right now, we're going to do a month of launching again to say, why don't we go again? Why don't we transform this place by giving out acts of love, acts of generosity with these Tsunami of Love coins? You see, this is our way of partnering with God to do kind and generous acts, if you like, demonstrating goodness to other people. And there were so many fun things. It was amazing seeing even what some of the youngsters got involved with. And so I know that uh, Ruby Marfleet, for example, was baking cakes with a mum to go and give out to neighbors. And so banana bread was given out to all the neighbors who were around the place. We have people like Bo Beattie, who used their pocket money in order to buy and write a card for their teacher. The teacher was so blown away by it that she got them to come up and share with the entire class. How cool is that? 
We had businesses wiping off debts for other people, people giving out free services left, right, and center. We had families working together to tidy other people's gardens and wash other people's cars. And the beautiful thing for me was getting hearing story after story where people got to meet their neighbors, got to meet strangers, and suddenly they had this beautiful connection simply because of their desire to express the kindness, the generosity, the goodness of our great God. Isn't that amazing? Over 500 stories we recorded from this time last year. And I want to ask if we can beat that again. Now, just to say, in a little while, not yet, I'm going to pass around a basket. It's going to have some Tsunami of Love coins in them. You've got the ability to take them. But what I would say is that we want to hear, we want to record, what are you going to do? Okay? And so you can either let us know on social media. You can email me at hello at tsunamioflove.co.uk. But we want to track everything that God has done in and through us as we get involved in this. But what can we learn from the story? Let's think about these three things, okay? So beautifully represented was the fact that the Samaritan man took pity, demonstrated compassion on the man who had been beaten, okay? Now, it would have been so easy, wouldn't it, for him to be like the Levite, to be like the priest, to just ignore and go on by. But he had something beautiful in his heart. He had compassion. He had this gentleness. He had this desire to go and connect with someone who was different to him. And I guess what I would want to do right now is just say to you, how's your pulse when it comes to other people? Are we feeling really cold? Are we feeling really slow? Are we we the sorts of people who will just walk by when we see someone else in need? Or are we the sort of people who are saying, do you know what? I can make a difference there. I can be that person's answer to their prayers right now. Because that's what God's called us to be. Mother Teresa famously said this. She said, the smile is the beginning of love. Should we practice just give me a huge smile. Come on, you know this sort of smile I can see your teeth? See, it's nice, isn't it? I tell you what, if you do that on the tube, people think you're crazy. But just smiling at someone breaks the ice, starts a conversation, makes a difference, changes somebody's day. This guy called Bob Goff said this. He said, it will be people with the greatest love, not the most information, who will be influence us to change. Are we going to be the people who are going to influence others to change through love and through goodness and through the kindness that God's poured into us? That's our first thing, all right? Second thing is that if we're going to demonstrate goodness, just like the Samaritan, what we need to do is we need to serve people's needs. Now, he did it in two very special ways. He served them practically when he bandaged him. He served him spiritually, actually, when he poured the oil and the wine over him as well. And we could do the same thing. When it comes to serving people practically, we can practically demonstrate kindness with these coins that we have. And so I I was hearing stories last year of people doing all sorts of wonderful things. There were people who were fixing cars for other people just because they could. Or they were getting an old bike out of the garage, tidying it all up, cleaning it all down, and giving it to someone who had need, practically demonstrating kindness. There were people, when it was raining, who would go out and buy multiple umbrellas. And they would walk up to them and say, do you know what, it's raining right now, why don't you have an umbrella? Here's a coin, you go and do something kind for somebody else as well. Pass on the generosity. Pass on the goodness. Isn't that amazing? I know for me, on one occasion, I decided to, it was a really stinking hot day, a little bit like it was last week. I went out and bought two um, kind of packs of water. We were just going out giving water to people. Do you know what? The conversations it opened was amazing. And it's so simple and so easy. There were people who were taking shifts for others uh, at work so that they didn't have to take them. But, you know, then there's the spiritual aspect. I'll tell you one really cool story. 
So me and two friends of mine, Jules and Abby, were in Costa Coffee recently. And uh, we were there and we were sat, sat upstairs and we were just kind of chatting and just kind of praying. And there was a lady who walked past us. And the lady had bright blue hair. And I thought to myself, do you know what? There was something about her. I felt like God said to me, she likes to do poetry. That's a bit strange. But you know what? I didn't actually want to speak to her. She didn't look like the sort of person who would be interested in me having a conversation with her. But then because they were there, they were like, jab me in the ribs, had a bit of a courage buddy party. And they were like, go and speak to her. Go and ask her. And so my friend also felt like she maybe had something that God wanted to say to her as well. And so we did. And we went up to her and slightly awkwardly, we said to her, hey, just check in. Do you, do you write poetry? Her jaw dropped. She was like, how do you know that? I said, oh, well, this, is, this is interesting. Okay. Because she then said, not only is she, does she write poetry, but she is a poet and a playwright. I said, oh, maybe God's in this. Maybe God knew that I was going to speak to her. And then we started to ask these questions about, well, you know, why you come to, come to Bedford? She was from Cambridge. She came to Bedford in order to pitch a play of hers to the local theater. And it was amazing because that connected beautifully with this friend of mine's other prophetic word. And so we got to pray for her. And suddenly she, she starts encountering God. She's, she's just kind of tears in her eyes. And she's kind of beautifully getting to, getting to pray for her, which was fantastic. It's not the best bit of the story. Because not only did we get to pray for her, but then there was also her boyfriend, now, her boyfriend, we said to him, look, hey, is there anything that we can pray for you about? And he said, no, no, I'm, I'm abs- absolutely fine. Well, okay, well, listen, we'd love to still pray for you. So have you got any dreams? That's what we asked him. And he said, well, you know, I always wanted to be a musician, but I can't go to the place that I want to go because I've got these problems with my ears. I've got hearing loss in my ears, but I've also got something called tinnitus. Now, he said that I've had tinnitus for eight years, and tinnitus is like a ringing in the ears, constantly. He says, I'm always hearing this noise. So we said, well, why don't we pray for that? And so we reached out to him and we prayed for him in the name of Jesus. And this is what he said. He did this and he did this and he did this and he did this. And he said, what sort of effing voodoo is this? (laughs) He didn't use the word effing. But he said, he said that. And um, well, well, you know, tell us what's going on. And he he checked again, he checked again. He says, it's completely gone. Eight years. Eight years he'd had this hearing problem for, and then God in a moment breaks in, spiritually breaks in. Do you know that's not even the coolest bit for me? The coolest bit was it's one of the first times he's ever been to Bedford. We meet him in the upstairs of a coffee shop. He lives about five minutes away from where I grew up in Nottingham, okay? Not even the coolest bit. The coolest bit for me was the fact that we asked him whether he'd have had anyone pray for him before. And he started speaking then about the fact that he's had no interest in God, but his mum was a Christian. And in the one conversation that he told us that he had had a conversation about her praying, you know what he said? He said, she said she, 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 she really prays other than she just prays for me. I thought, how beautiful is it that someone who was living five minutes away from where I grew up would meet us on the one time that he would come to Bedford and then God would break in in a way like that. Isn't that amazing? Ah, yeah. oh, I love it. Listen. We want to serve people spiritually, and we want to serve people practically. And these Tsunami of Love coins are a way that we can do that. Final thing is that we also then see the Samaritan allowing the man to get on his donkey and paying for his stay. Do you know, sometimes there is a cost to us serving and loving and demonstrating goodness to other people. And you know, that's a good thing to, to think about. And there were some beautiful illustrations last year of what people did with their Tsunami of Love coins. Radically generous. I know there was one uh, lady who decided to give a whopping Ikea voucher to someone who they knew in their workplace had had a flood. 
There was one amazing couple who decided to get in touch with the person who 50 years ago had made their wedding dress because they wanted to hunt them down and bless them for a weekend away. Wow, what generosity. There was one, uh, I think it was a guy, might even in a group, who, who put together this incredible hamper. This happened several times for several groups, actually. Hamper for the police. The police were so blown away about it, it went on social media. This thing went viral. Literally, there were thousands and thousands of people who were commenting and, and liking and, and looking at the fact that there was this hamper that had been given out, which was blessing so many other people. This is through the way that we are radically loving others. But you know, for you, it just might be something small, and that's okay. You know, the number of times I've been stood in a coffee shop queue, and I've just turned to the person behind me and said, hey, how you doing? Uh, I'd love to just buy you a drink for you. Can I do that? You know, and they're like, why? I said, well, listen, we're doing 10,000 acts of kindness in our church. Listen, I'm going to give you this coin. Why don't you be kind to someone else? If you want to, check out the website. It tells you all about the most amazing, kind, generous act that's ever happened in human history. And then for me, if I get into a conversation about Jesus, praise God. If I don't, then I trust that the Holy Spirit is going to speak through that. And I got time and time again stories back from people who that really did touch. Where's your marginal gain? PJ's challenge us last week that sometimes even three pounds in your budget to buy someone a coffee can make a massive impact. Three pounds a month, maybe. Let's do this. Let's do this together. So listen, right now, there's going to be some baskets passed around, okay? One in each block, S2, there's baskets being passed around your room as well. Now, there's two things in this basket, okay? First of all, there are coins. Secondly, there are challenge sheets, okay? Now, these challenge sheets look a little bit like that. S2, they look like that. Now, on there, there are 10 challenges that I'm going to set for every family in this church community. And if you can complete five of them over the summer, then not only am I going to give you a certificate, but I'm also going to give you a book. And that book, you can find out more about God yourself, or you can be generous and give that away to someone else as well. Okay? So the baskets are going to go around now. And they're just creative, fun ways that you can partner with this. If you're going to do five to go for the certificate in the book, then I would suggest you take five Tsunami of Love coins. If you want to do one, I would love every single person in this building to take at least one Tsunami of Love coin and then say, yes, I'm going to do this and I will go for it with one coin. So you can get those as well. So if you're going to do the family challenge, take one of those sheets too. I would love for you to tell me how you got on and bring them back in. All right, let me tell you one final story as they're going in, okay? Then I'm going to show you a fun picture and we'll just land in prayer. Sound all right? Yeah. All right, see if you can send those baskets around as quietly as you possibly can. I remember hearing this story, and it just got me thinking. There will be some people in this room who are thinking to themselves, does this make any difference? You've already told me about 500 plus acts that have been recorded. You've told me about 10,000 coins that have been given out. Does this make a difference? And I came across this story, and I liked it. So I'm going to read it to you, okay? There's going to be some pictures up on the screen as well for you kids to follow along. There was a man, and he was walking along a beach at low tide in Mexico. And he saw that there were tens of thousands of starfish left stranded across the beach, dying in the heat of the sun. And off in the distance, the man saw a young boy. Now, this young boy was picking up the starfish, one at a time, going down to the sea, and he was throwing it back into the sea. The boy then went back to get another one. He picked it up, walked back to the water's edge, and then threw it into the sea. The man went up to the boy, and he said, Look, can't you see 
There are tens of thousands of starfish out there. I don't really think that what you're going to do is going to make any difference. The young boy silently carried on. He picked up another starfish, went down to the water's edge, and he threw it in the sea. And then he turned to the man and he said this, I bet it made a difference for that one. I bet it made a difference for that one. Do you know, honestly, with all my heart, I believe that we can change the world one act of kindness at a time. If we can partner with God in demonstrating this goodness like the Good Samaritan, we will change this town, we will change this region, and we will change the world. Let's start something spectacular. Let me finish like this, okay? Jesus loves people. We should love people. Jesus loves you. I don't know whether you guys ever came across or came across this last couple of weeks, something called the Face app. How many people heard the Face app? You see, that this, uh, this was the, the picture that I, I, I kind of got hold of me, and don't put it on just yet. But what a lot of people are doing is that obviously, you know, we spend our whole lives often on social media trying to take the perfect selfie, right? We're trying to uh, take the picture that everyone's going to like and we're going to get the most interest about and, you know, it's going to show our very best side if we have one and, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to really get the very best side of us and you know, we spend this whole, whole of our time doing that, right? But then this app came along and suddenly everyone's got this desire to work out what am I going to look like in 40 years' time? right? And there's this kind of whole thought of, you know, well, I'll, I'll take a picture and then I wonder what it'll make me look if I'm old. And I want to see what I'm going to look like in 40 years' time. <laughs> All right, come on, let's say it. Hey! <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was a look of disgust from my wife when I showed her the picture. But, um, the, uh, the amazing thing is that even though everyone's trying to get their best sides, trying to have no, less wrinkles, suddenly everything's changing. And there are lots of people thinking to themselves, I wonder what I am going to look like in four years' time. But you know what it got me thinking? It also got me thinking, who do you want to be? And it also got me thinking, who do you want to walk alongside for those years? Because whether or not you're going to end up looking something like this with the kind of wrinkles in the beard and there's still no hair or whatever... Like, the reality is that all of us are going to look like something. But, you know, you and I have the opportunity of doing it with God, having received his forgiveness. And you know what? Some of us might not be around in four years. That's the truth of it. Some of us might not be. And yet, do you know what? I want to know the security that I could have beyond this life of knowing who Jesus is as my savior, of knowing what it means to be in permanent eternal relationship with him. That's the beauty of the gospel. And I just recognize every time I want to stand up on this stage, I know there'll be people in this room who do not know Jesus. And with all my heart, I would say to you that he loves you and he's for you and he died for you and he rose again so that you could have new life and forgiveness. He rose again so that you could have an eternity knowing you're a son and a daughter of God. Listen, if that's you right now, I want to give you a gift. I want to pray for you. Okay? So listen, as we draw this into a close, I'm going to pray a prayer. If you want to know Jesus personally, and you want to invite him into your life, and understand the greatest goodness came from him, you can pray this in your heart as I pray it. Okay? Lord Jesus, I come to you right now 
recognizing that you are the greatest good. I thank you that you died on the cross for me and I say sorry for my sin and the things that I've done that I've rebelled against you. And I put my trust in you today and the finished work of the cross. And I say, help me live the life that you intended me to. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, I've got some friends of mine who have got blue bags. They would love to give you them. They're a little pack about what it means to follow Jesus. And if you want one of those, I'm going to encourage you to go to the uh, welcome desk that will be out in the, in the back, in the foyer. But why don't we stand together for a moment? I'm going to close in prayer, and then we're going to land the meeting, all right? Let's stand together. S2, let's stand. Are we ready to demonstrate goodness to our town, church? Oh, my word. Do we have to do the whole thing at a time thing? Are we ready to demonstrate goodness to our town, church? Listen, let's change the world, shall we? Lord Jesus, in your name and for your glory, God, I want to pray that we as a community would demonstrate the fruits of these spirit, Lord, as you, Holy Spirit, come and impact our hearts. And I want to pray, Lord God, that you would radically change us and change the communities around us with your grace because of your goodness and because of your hand being upon us. God, may we be generous. May we be kind. May we demonstrate goodness just like our Samaritan friend to every single person that we see. And God, may it all be for your glory, I pray. In Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said. Amen. Amen.